In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Covenant Thursday is a minor feast of the Coptic Church because today we celebrate a new covenant. And as we pray in the liturgy, He instituted for us this great mystery of godliness for being determined. He was determined to give Himself for the life of the world. And today I want to speak to you about the great mystery of Eucharist and the importance of Eucharist in our daily life. The Eucharist should be a priority in my life because it is a spring of living water. It is a source of life. We call it the bread of life. Without the bread of life, we would be dead. Without the bread of life, we would be subject to the evil one. There's an interesting story in the life of St. Macarius. A woman who was demon-possessed came to St. Macarius, and St. Macarius, he prayed on some water, and he expelled the demon from this woman. And they asked him, St. Macarius, what happened to this woman? And St. Macarius replied and said to her, Never miss going to church. Never be away from communion. This happened to you because for five weeks you had not gone to the mysteries. I feel in our modern day, we undervalue communion. And many people do not take communion regularly. Although there are plenty of opportunities. Communion is the source of our being. And I think sometimes we don't value the great mystery of communion. And other times, I think we become sometimes disheartened. And I think we can become disheartened maybe for two reasons. One, we take communion, but we don't feel any changes from the communion. Or two, we are still in sin. We are still tied to our sins. The first issue is manageable. The second issue is a big problem. I'll talk about the second and then we'll go back to the first. Communion is transformational. It is is supposed to be a transformation, like, and transformation is change. So we need to change. And actually, I was very touched by the prophecies of the sixth hour of today. If you paid attention to the sixth hour prophecies today, they were all about change. Jeremiah the prophet, the Lord was speaking to him and he said, Amend your ways and your doings. Amend your ways and your doings. For I will cause you to dwell in this place. Do not trust In these lying words saying, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. Don't just come and say, this is communion, 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 da, 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 and live in the same way that you are living. You have to, to change your ways. Ezekiel the prophet, he said it differently. The same thing, but he said it differently. He said, each of you put away your practices. After this... And after this, if you listen to me, if you will no longer desecrate my holy name with your gifts and your practices. Each of us has to put away our practices. We have to change. 
Joshua the son of Sirach. All of this was from the sixth hour. This one was my favorite. He says, Who will pity a snake charmer when he is bitten? Or those who go near wild animals? No one will pity one who approaches a a sinful man and gets involved in his sins. He who touches pitch will get stained. Anyone can touch pitch and not get stained. All of this is saying we need to change. We cannot come to communion and just stay in the same way. We have to change, change our way of life, change the way our living. If we're doing something bad, we need to make a resolution to, to stop. The other reason sometimes we get disheartened is we want to stop, but for some reason, because of our weakness, we fall into sin. And sometimes, because of our weakness, we might sometimes, and this is a big error, attribute our weakness to the communion and say, well, the communion didn't really do anything to me. I took communion and then I went out and I wasn't able to to conquer this sin. In this case, I feel that God allows us to struggle with sin so that we can be consistent in our repentance, to build us up. And so, this isn't the weakness of communion, this is the weakness of myself. And God's strength will be perfected in my, in my weakness. So don't, I hope everyone avoids getting disheartened with the communion. I hope everyone desires to take communion. Our Lord said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I was thinking, imagine you are living in a desert and you find in an oasis or you find a spring Would you go and live away from the oasis? Would you go and live away from the spring? You can't. If you live away from the spring, you'll die. If you have to live near the oasis, you have to live by the spring. You have to live near the altar. You have to. That's why our Lord said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. How can we practically, I said in the first point, is to make Eucharist the center of your life. But how can you practically make this happen in your life? How? You can do this by living the church calendar, to live with the seasons of the church. The church calendar is life with Christ. It is life with the saints. I love this week, and I was just telling some of the youth yesterday, I love this week because it's as if we get to see each other every day. And every day we're here chanting hymns. And actually you feel like, I'm not really... Like one community, one body. We'll talk about that later. But when you live the calendar, it makes a big difference in your life. When you live the calendar, if you put the Eucharist at the center of your life, you will live the church calendar. You won't let the feasts of the church slip away. You will want to attend all the feasts of the church. You want to know the readings of the church. You want to know and celebrate the saints of the day. 
Yani many people, their calendars are dictated by their work schedule. I have this, I have this. And we plan everything around our work schedule. Uh, I'm going on vacation, and I'm doing this. Around our work schedule. But we should manage our calendars around the liturgy. Around the Eucharist. Manage your calendar around the Eucharist. And to Shatrin, and to manage your calendar very well. To be here. This is very important. This is living life with the Eucharist in, in its focus. The second thing about Eucharist is Eucharist is an encounter with Christ. As we were reading the Gospel this week, I was thinking how nice it would be to be one of the characters in the Bible who got to encounter Christ. But by the Eucharist, we can encounter Christ just as the disciples did. Right now, we will be sitting at the Last Supper like the disciples. In the Eucharist, I become the characters of the Bible. I'll give you an example. I become the centurion. the prayer communion. What do you say in the prayer before communion? O Lord, I am not worthy that you should. Come under the roof of my house, for I am sinful. But say, first say the word to my soul, and it shall be healed. Who said those words? Who? So into you become the centurion. You are saying, now you are entering into the gospel. You are saying, Lord, come into my house. Don't Actually, don't come into my house. I'm sinful. Just say the word, and we, we took this from the centurion. So you become the... The centurion. In the, in the Eucharist, I become Zacchaeus. And the, the Lord comes to my house. He dwells with me. Communion becomes a personal experience. In the church, there are hundreds of people. And we give communion to a hundreds. But is communion a personal experience for you? Does Christ come into your house? Does He dwell with you? Communion should be a personal experience for you. And you shouldn't be distracted by the crowds, the deacons, the priests. You should be focused on, on Christ. In the Eucharist, I feel we were reading about Mary Magdalene yesterday. And we finished the Gospel of John. And I felt how lucky Mary Magdalene was to be the first witness of the resurrection. But actually the Lord said to Mary Magdalene, don't cling to me. She was not able to touch the Lord. But in the Eucharist, we are able to cling to the risen Lord. The Lord abides in us. Through the Eucharist, we touch Christ as the woman with the flow of blood. She touched the Lord. And we receive power. When she touched the Lord, the Lord said, I feel that... Power has gone out from me. And so when we take Eucharist, we become like the centurion. We become like, like Zacchaeus. We become like this sick woman who touched Christ. And we receive power from Christ. Because now His blood becomes mingled with, with my blood. As St. Paul says in Ephesians, For we are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. And because of this, 
When Mary Magdalene, she saw the resurrected Lord, what was her response? She was so joyful and so happy. And she didn't even, wasn't even able to touch him. Imagine now the ones who are able to touch him. Our joy should exceed that of Mary Magdalene. We should live in that joy. Through the Eucharist, we abide in Christ. Christ abides in us. Through the Eucharist, now, we are separated from this world. And no longer attached to this world. Lastly, in the Eucharist. Because now we are attached to the body of Christ. And now we are in the body of Christ. Now we should serve one another. We should love one another. That's why the Eucharist is tied to this great act of service of the Lord washing the feet of His disciples. And this was a new covenant, and the Lord gave us a new covenant and a new commandment. And He said, A new commandment that I give to you, that you love one another, just as I, that you love one another just as I have loved you. That was a command that was given to them at the Last Supper. The effects of taking the Eucharist is that we should love one another, that we should serve one another, that we should be kind and tender-hearted to one another. That's what St. Paul says in Ephesians. Mishmumkin, we come and take communion and then hate each other. How? We should love each other, we should give our lives for each other, to serve one another. This is what it means to be the body of Christ. How can we serve one another? Parents, you can serve your children. Children, you can serve your parents through obedience. Everyone has a role for service. Those who are spiritually mature can can share in the burdens of those. Those who are rich can share with those who are poor. The church is a place of sharing. The place of service. Everyone should be serving. You can't partake of the communion without serving. He broke himself for us, and we should break ourselves for each other. This was the command of the Eucharist. I hope we will do these three things about the Eucharist. One, that we live our life centered on the Eucharist. We live our life centered on the Eucharist. Number two, in number two, that number two is an encounter with Christ. An encounter with Christ, just as like all the characters of the Bible. And number three, Eucharist is that we should serve one another, we should love one another. And glory be to God forever. Amen.